and welcome to another episode of the Caged In Podcast. I'm always your host, Petrus Pat Silvers, and this is the best, least informed Nicolas Cage podcast out there on the interweb for you to have a little listen to. This week, I'll be talking about The Sorcerer's Apprentice. I'll be joined by my very good friend and label boss now, Max Cleworth. He owns a small independent record label called Ugly Twin. Check them out. All the details will be left in the show notes, and you can find them on Twitter as well, at Ugly, Ugly Twin Rex. So check all that out. Give them a follow, and enjoy this episode. But before we get going with this week's talk of witchcraft and sorcery we have my old friend the anagram hunter back with another anagram to see if there is any little clues to whether this film is enjoyable or not and the anagram this week is there are nicer prospects so that is the sorcerer's apprentice there are nicer prospects well, have a listen and find out if there are nicer prospects than watching this film. Just have a little listen to this episode and see what me and Max make of it. You can, as always, find The Anagram Hunter on Twitter at Thomas underscore W underscore Hunter. And he is there to supply you with all your anagram needs. So obviously listen at the end where you can find out what my opinion is. Is there nicer prospects than watching The Sorcerer's Apprentice? Cast your mind back to 2010. In Nicolas Cage's fourth outing with the Disney company, and he's this time playing a sorcerer. His third time working with John Turtletaub, and his first time working with Alfred Molina and Jay Baruchel. I'm, of course, talking about The Sorcerer's Apprentice. I'm not, however, talking about this film on my own. I have label boss, and more importantly, my best friend, Max Cleworth. How are you today, mate? Hello, I'm good. It's the first day since lockdown I haven't had a shower, so I absolutely fucking stink. But other than that, all cushy. Perfect. Yeah, I'm, I'm, still, I'm still sans shower at the moment. So may, maybe I'll have one after this record. I don't know. If this record goes on... Uh, long enough we may feel really important because we may be applauded by the masses that's what i was almost hoping for that and i feel like it probably will i mean if it would like short short yeah it's, it's it's a sort of near two hour film so i feel like it will last at least 40 minutes but yeah that'd be good yeah but maybe we could time it right when it when like uh you know there's there's obviously a particularly epic part which happens in the film that'd be pretty fucking sweet or or, or, or yeah just um just one of us tries to line up something witty profound or extraordinary <laughs> at like a minute two and time it perfectly and just hear the nation rip roarously applauding is what i guess what 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 every podcaster wants because at the end of the day all we are is just little sad men in their bedrooms recording trying to find a following on the internet, which kind of brings that, me to uh, this film. And before before we get into Sorcerer's Apprentice, uh, obviously, people, if you cast your minds right back, uh, Max was actually the first ever guest on Caged In when we talked about Vampire's Kiss. But I don't think I asked you then, so I'm going to ask you now. 
Are you a Nicolas Cage fan? Uh, yeah, I am. Me and um, me and our friend uh, Seb often have had the, uh, the the conversation how, although he's been turned into like a, a meme, I don't know. He's still decent. He's still like uh, he's still really really convincing in what he does. It's um, he's good. Obviously, there's there's some. Uh, you got to shovel through some shit to get through to, to the good stuff. But yeah, he's, he's decent. Well, yeah, the thing, the thing with that point is um, at the end of the day, I look at it like he is just a workman at the same time. And obviously everybody's got bills to pay. So sometimes, I don't know, a, a great film isn't going to fall upon your desk all the time. So you may have to take something that isn't as good but he's still going to pay the bills. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And he's, uh, he's, I, I, he, I, I, he seems like the sort of guy who's got a lot of, uh, a lot of bills to pay. That obviously there's that infamous interview where he's, uh, he's quite literally splashing the cash. So yeah, he's, uh, he's got, he's got to provide for his, uh, for, for that somehow. Yeah, it's that, and um, well, he's, he, he's known for extravagant expenditures whether that be uh, dinosaur skulls very very limited like early editions of comic books i think at one point in the 2000s he owned something ridiculous like 15 properties um two of them being castles in europe of course yeah one of them so being, on brand. One, one of them being a castle in bath um which yeah brings me to this film because obviously this kind of delves in that world of castles and royalty almost, but more importantly from the like Arthur story, Merlin. And this is where we start the film, right? With, with, with Merlin. Yeah. In 740 AD, uh, I think it said in Britain. Um, yeah, I was a bit, bit, a bit disappointed. There was no, no mention of any, any Archimedes uh, or anything like that. Uh, but yeah, it was uh, way back in the day. I thought I was going to have like a pretty uh, profound point and uh, sort of find, find a spanner in the works about like, oh shit, if he spent like, you know, if it, it, he, he's not he's not American, like how's, how's how's he got an American accent? But then, yeah, thinking about it, he's uh, he ends up in America and he's lived through that entire you know transition to America becoming the country. So that completely fucked my point up. <laughs> well, this film kind of like starts off with. It's a lot of information very quickly, isn't it? Like, it's a lot of like. Yeah, I, f- I feel like they could have had like a film just based on the on the on the on the, like, and they could make a prequel film, and that would be just as like fuck. They would be just as mad. Yeah, like I, like I'll ju- I'll, I'll I'll jump here. This film kind of feels like they were setting up for some kind of franchise or or sequel, and we'll get to as to why later, but. It's it's bizarre because we learn straight away that the the foe for this film essentially is going to be like the the biggest of the baddest because it's it's set up very early on that way back when there were there were two rival factions and it kind of goes throughout the whole whole film and it's you're either a Morganian which is the the evil she was like this like grand high witch or you were a a, a millennium was it a, a, a yeah millennium millennium millennial yeah it did it did sound like uh, millennial <laughs> I was like, oh, oh okay okay this film <laughs> this this film was a bit um a bit before its time 
Uh, and it's a very bizarre concept of what happens because Mor- Morgana manages to like suck the life of, or no, she kills Merlin. She kills Merlin with the assistance of um, Matey Boys. Uh, well, because Merlin, Merlin's got three three assistants, right? He's got uh, he's got uh, the the lady. What's her name? The, well, he's got Balthazar Blake, obviously, who is Nicholas Cage's character. Yeah, and, Veronica, and Holgar, Veronica, and Holgarth, who, with a name like that, is obviously going to be the uh, the evil one. Uh, and then, so she she gets Holgarth on board, and then uh, she kills Merlin, and somehow Veronica sort of sucks her like soul out of her or something, or like you know, yeah. does something kind of not really explains all that much <laughs> i don't think uh and then nicholas cage puts them in a russian doll right called a grimlock yeah and this is kind of like this is the big setup and you kind of know from this point on that some like things are going to transpire and it's going to be again a battle of good and evil it's, it's a trope we've seen so many times and especially like around this time in in like film history like well the, yeah what 740 ad well no no in in, <laughs> in in just the the 2000s obviously this would have been like the year the final harry potter film would have come out this would have been the same year as like percy jackson percy jackson and the lightning thief like yeah all those kind of like aimed at young aimed at like pre-teens like teenagers almost and they they're kind of dabbling in the world of magic and and witchcraft whereas like i found i I personally found like to get get, yeah to get my opinion out there like of this film is that like there's so much you see in this film that is done so much better in other places yeah i mean it's 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 that thing where like have you ever seen those like uh those like articles where it'll say like films came out at specifically the same time, like yes. Ants and Bugs Life and like that sort of thing. That like, it really, really does feel like one of those. And this is definitely the shark tale to Harry Potter's uh, Finding Nemo or whatever. Yeah, well, I'll, I think this may be one of them. I believe I will. I will. Whilst we're talking, when it comes to me, what the what its kind of companion film is. Uh, okay. I will. I will shout it out. But with with the plot, we kind of then they're trapped in the Russian doll, and then Balthazar kind of goes on this quest to try and find basically the one, try and find that the the Harry Potter, the the Neo, the kind of the golden child that will take. Uh, a- the, the- yeah, the, the the misfit in in like in real life who's gonna have his uh, his 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 day when this mysterious sort of like dragon ring sort of fits him, I guess. Well, yeah, and it's a thing about that dragon ring. It is the type of thing you would get in one of those like mystic shops, you know, that sell like incense. Uh, you can buy crystals. Yeah. You can probably buy a a pack of like Magic the Gathering cards. And well, like, like a lady, with, a, a lady with purple dreadlocks would sell that ring to you, basically. Yeah, or like you'd be able to get like those, you know, those posters that like if you look at them slightly and I, and the, the the pictures on them would be like 
like it would be Mer- Merlin with a, I think I had one as a child because I was like wow it's like kind of iridescent like poster always came in a frame I, I bought mine in far weirder circumstances I think I bought mine from a guy who came to our door he just had a bag full of all these pictures I bought like a Merlin one and a uh, Looney Tunes one uh, <laughs> think of that what what you will but um so yeah, we jump. We kind of we kind of see this montage, don't we, of 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 uh, Balthazar going through trying to like, are you are you the one? Are you the one? And it's like yeah, to to, to like a hundred different sort of like young uh, like young kids, I guess, from all different uh, parts of the globe. That's made uh, pretty obvious with the you know you can see like the the pyramids. You can see like all different like like cultures basically throughout time. Um, and unfortunately, none of them are the one. Well, the, the 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 thing is with 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 that is that like it's just a bit weird, isn't it? It's just a bit weird. This kind of guy, like within ten minutes of this film, we have a guy who's been alive for centuries accosting like a boy and locking him in a shop. When we get introduced to uh, Dave. Uh, the 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 like protagonist of this film he he's on a school trip and he chases a bit of paper right yeah so he fancies this girl uh he's he's, he's i think he's cool at this stage dave um he, he writes like do you want to be dave's girlfriend uh, like tick box for yet yeah, uh, for girlfriend or tick box for like friends and um you you don't see what it uh you don't actually see what it says and it it magically blows away uh, he, he writes it on a sticky note and it seems to stick to like everything. And I've had my fair sort of experience with sticky notes and they never stick to anything. So <laughs> it must be magic. And then like he lures him into this shop and like, again, this is probably five minutes in and I don't, I think the pet, like that is a thing with this. The pacing of it is just quite bizarre in that it, it just, Throw, like, do you know what I mean? It kind of has this big, it kind of just keeps stopping and starting at the beginning, like, because it kind of has this, and then we kind of like, we've had this like thousands of year jump to like in my, the year 2000, and we know this because of the, the soundtrack, as you pointed out, is Jimmy Eat World the Middle. <laughs> <laughs> and he, like, I don't know, like, what is the shop he's in as well? What is that fucking shop that Balthazar seems to... Snoopers Paradise. <laughs> <laughs> for, for anyone out of uh, Brighton who d- doesn't get that reference, it is just a shop that sells bric-a-brac. Dust. I think to that, yeah, dust, bric-a-brac, and just absolute mad, mad shit. Just anything you can think you can get and anything you can think that you never wanted you can probably get it in Snooper's Paradise. Um, but, like, he then opens, he, he opens the Russian doll, right? Well, he tries on the ring, it's a fit. Yep. And, and then, and and then, uh, Balthazar nips upstairs, or downstairs, uh, and, like, somehow opens this weird, like, magic, like, cupboard thing with his fingers, uh, and then to get, like, a book of, like, scrolls or something, which, which, I think he picked up in that montage in a bit of a hurry as he was running away from <laughs> Merlin's corpse, I guess. Uh, 
And yeah, and then when it comes down, like it seems that the the like dragon ring sort of attra- it attracts that weird Russian doll, and it breaks through the wall. And obviously, Dave, being like you know a confident child at this stage, sort of picks it up. And um, the first the first layer of it's uh, it's yeah, the first layer of it sort of like sheds away, and uh, Horgarth comes out and starts fucking tearing the shit up, really, doesn't he? Well, yeah, I like. We then like it's just bizarre, isn't it? Because then we kind of like they they I, in, he comes out of being locked in this Russian doll for years, and then literally instantly he him and Balthazar are locked in just a massive fucking urn, right? Yeah, they 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 yeah. So they have a big old battle in um, uh, in the weird sort of dusty shop. <laughs> then. Um, yeah, then then Balthazar like yeah he's he's there like run Dave or something like that and then uh, as he leaves he runs out and like uh, he runs out like real scared obviously because he's about ten. Uh, I think there was a fire in there as well and then um, he sees his teacher out there which is pretty miraculous because he runs away in New York and it looks like he runs away like quite far. Uh, New York's a pretty fucking well he goes windy city. He goes full Kevin McAllister, doesn't he? He's just like big time. He's 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 out on the streets. He's he's fucking. He's lost. He's lost in New York, basically. Um, <laughs> but he like, I don't like. We we get a cut to ten years, and this like has scarred him and hung over him. This incident because when he came out, he looked like he pissed his pants, and like, I don't think like the way he talks about it after this point is just quite bizarre. Like he makes it out like he's been through like hell. And he seems quite like well adjusted, really. Do you know I mean? He seems a bit nervous and a bit like ne- nebbishy, but like he doesn't seem like someone like the way he talks about it is like people have made his life absolute filth. Yeah, and like as well, it's it's he meets people in the film and they're they're like well, it comes to light that he's known like among the tri-state area or something as like i don't know david pissed his pants or something and it's i don't know everyone's pissed their pants man like i don't know i don't know how it's in america but i've had a very interesting uh, relationship (laughs) with you (laughs) and and like i've never been known as maxi pisses in pants well it's that and like he obviously like they all think he made up this kind of world of witchcraft and wizardry but Mm. like we don't get to sit with that long enough. We don't get to kind of like um, people not believing him because it is literally instantly the moat, like it happens, it's, it's 10 years to the day. So that is the day. Like, we again, we get a very quick thing of uh, Balthazar saying, oh, you don't want to touch that urn. If you touch that urn, you'll get locked in it for 10 years for like, so they ha- they made a big point of being like, it's 10 years to the day, because that is the day that Balthazar and Horgarth are going to be released from the urn. Yeah. But also on 10 years fr- fr- from, from that day, it's his birthday. And I swear it's not actually mentioned in the, in the build up to that, that it's like, well, when he, on the day he pisses himself, that it's, that it's his birthday. But when he's like, you know, uh, well, basically, you know he's, he's turned into a bit of a geek because one, he's clever. Two, he wears really nice flannel shirts, and three, he's got a misfit sticker on his like wall or something. <laughs> so, like, but, but, but you don't know it's his birthday in the first instance. And I would have like 
I, it would have had much more of an impact on you as a child if you fucking if you wet yourself in public on your like birthday well, or yeah. something. And and it and it like put you in therapy for the foreseeable future and kind of yeah. like, has made you this like nervous wreck. Like I kinda I kinda get it. I kinda get why he would be in therapy. I just don't feel like that the film really needed that. It could just be like nobody believed me. Fine. Do you know what I mean? Not like yeah. it's made me a shell of a man, and like oh, I, can't, I can't, I can't. Like he's doing, he's doing pretty all right for himself. He's like obviously, he's still in New York. He's now at university. I'm assuming, uh, mm-hmm. studying physics. It's it's physics as well because he he lives in that like I don't I don't know he lives or he's like got that like rented space which seems like. Well, one he said he gets it for free, and it's like the size of like a fucking train station underground. It is basically the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles lair. If any of you have ever like seen the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, it's basically it looks like the set from that, and it's it, it, again, it's just like a thing of like they need they need a they need a place that they can train. Basically, oh, he happens to have it. He happens to have like the funding to be able to like just fuck around with Tesla coils. Like, like, yeah. it's, like there's nothing like that wouldn't dr- like be a massive drain on like the, the fucking like, bought, like the, what's it called? The, yeah. Like just the electricity is not going like, do you know what I mean? Like, that, would be, yeah. that would surely be draining like electricity on the grid, like in that local yeah, area. Big time. And he's just managed to like, yeah, do, do what you want, mate. Do what you want. Like, <laughs> And he, he he's he's far arsed about with this. He's still hung up on a girl that like the girl he fancied that he was like ten or he bumps into her or he said I, I kind of I kind of didn't get that. Is he has he always pined for her or did 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 is it just happenstance that exactly ten years like it makes it sound like he hadn't seen her since that day, right? Yeah, yeah. I, I don't think he had, but at the same time, there's no indication that he was remotely sort of like still sort of uh, thinking about her or anything like that. I guess there's no like other indication that he's been romantically. I mean, as, we, as we've established, he's one of those sort of like weird Hollywood losers now who's actually probably quite attractive who's well-dressed. But, you know, there's no, he's got no, <laughs> there's no indication of his romantic life or anything like that. So, I, I, yeah, I don't, I don't really know what's going with that. But it, it's, it, it, that's, that's definitely the, the most believable thing in this film. <laughs> well, it is that thing of just like, it happens to be a lot of like, it's a film that relies a lot on coincidence. Mm. Like, it's, or magic. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Obviously, there is the magic, <laughs> but like, for a film that deals with magic, why, like, for the plot to. Do you know what I mean? Like, this, this whole thing. Be that dependent on chance kind of thing. It's there, like, if you've got the powers to pretty much do, like, not anything, but near enough. Like you've got the powers to do like an awful lot. You probably wouldn't base your plot around something which is well, yeah. Oh, like, that, that's plus, yeah. The thrust of this basically is him pining after her throughout the film, but learning that he is like a master sorcerer. He is the the prime um, millennial. millennial, and he like. And he's like, it's basically uh, the Karate Kid meets Harry Potter. Yeah, absolutely. Is the way I'd describe this. And like, that's like a big chunk of the middle of the film is like, 
just him and Balthazar, Nick Cage, just training, right? And I like, I, I just want to quickly talk to you about like, what do you think of like Nick Cage's look in this film? Like, can you describe to people how he's dressed? Uh, greasy. He's <laughs> uh, he's, he's wearing dad jeans and dad shoes and a smelly looking trench coat. Um, yeah, <laughs> and obviously, obviously, I, I don't know. He just looks a bit. He basically just looks like someone who has spent ten years in an ashtray. <laughs> well, he looks a bit like he looks a bit like a low rent um, Van Helsing. Uh yep, yeah, yeah, yeah. He does big time with kind of like I don't know. I don't know if like whose whose choice this was, but he's kind of got this like grown out dirty greasy like bleach blonde hair that's kind of like gone all a bit dusty and grubby i'm not sure if that's like no i'm trying to think his role before this no it's it's definitely got to be a hairpiece i'm not if that was a hairpiece why choose that one i don't what well, i don't know i don't obviously i'd have to look at the like record it like the filming schedules of of these films but I know in Kick-Ass, he also has, like, blonde hair. So, possibly, this was filmed first, and he had bleached his hair. Because I'm pretty sure around this period, I've seen photos of him, kind of, with, like, outside of films, with that dirty blonde hair. And it's... Uh, okay. It's a... It's a... Buzz, it's a bizarre look, right? Yeah, big time, man. I mean, he, he just looks so... Um... I agree, yeah. He just looks kind of untrustworthy and weird. <laughs> <laughs> so on the- yeah, he's like, he, 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 he gets to, when he sort of, when they come out of the, the big urn thing, they, first of all, Matey Boy comes out, um, Hogarth, or Horgarth, sorry, comes out. Hogarth's, Hogarth's the name of the kid from the Iron Giant, right? Uh, I've never seen the Iron Giant. Oh shit! Oh yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. Right. So Hallgarth comes up first, and he's in this like this uh, this couple's house, and then like the the guys there like, oh, you never sp- should have spent so much money on that heap of trash or whatever it is, and uh, then like yeah, he comes out in a big blaze of like dust or like maggots or something, uh, and then he I don't know. He's there like, am I the first one out? So he, and then he finds out he is. So he lobs the uh, the urn out the window, and then you think this is going to be the end for uh, Balthazar? Obviously not. Obviously it's. Don't know. It's, it's 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 as epic as you'd think with a of a, a Nicolas Cage in a Disney film, and he gets out of the urn mid sort of uh, plummet and uh, just holds onto like a wall, doesn't die, goes finds. Uh, then I think he just goes and finds Matey Boy, right? Well, before he goes and finds Matey Boy, he looks to like I think it's the Chrysler Building, um, and like. Mounts to the top, like yeah, he gets to the top of it. I'd, I'd, I'd love if there's a deleted scene of him like just taking the stairs or like take <laughs> taking the lift. But I imagine he like he uses magic to get himself up there. But like he turns one of like the the gargoyles on the side of the building, like this kind of metal eagle. He just he just uh, like animates it and make like flies flies to Dave, who's at this point being chased by Horgarth and a pack of wolves. Which... Oh, yeah, because his mate's got that like metaphor about, like, you know, he's not going out on his birthday, so they're like, like, you need to be, like, one of the pack. You need to hunt. You need to, like, mate. 
or whatever. And then, uh, so then he turns, yeah, he he he, he makes him chase, like get chased by wolves. Fucking savage in New York as well. <laughs> I actually did um, some research on this film as I do with all of them because that's kind of my job as the host of this podcast. But um, those wolves, I'm not like it's. It says that they were like ridiculous. Like I think the wording here is they were overwhelmingly tame and affectionate creatures so they had to track points painted on their faces so they could actually cg angrier looking faces on the wall <laughs> it would have been so much better if they were just like wolves walking around smiling yeah like <laughs> hey they get get back here dave get back yeah, here please. T- tell us where the grimlock is fella um <laughs> so he like I like. I don't. I, I don't really want to like just go forensically beat for beat through this because I just feel like there's like there's not enough. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, it's a very formulaic film. Yeah, and I think there's like a big point. There's, there's certain points that like we could talk about for ages. In that, like, he kind of has this confrontation again. It's very quickly that he's like on board. In the same night, this happens. He's chased by wolves. They end up in like they end up teaming up. He's not really told why he's the like that he's the pre millennial yet, or and like by by Balthazar. And then the next thing you know, they're in fucking Chinatown in a like uh, acupuncture like. Yeah, because. Uh... I, f- I think we forgot to mention this as well, but when, in the Russian doll, like one of the layers of it was um, this guy. I think it might have been like a Chinese guy or something like that, like a Chinese warrior. Like he was in it as well. Sunlock, um, yeah. It's kind of all of the big bad throughout history. Well, it doesn't really seem like that many either. Like in the film, like it kind of sets it up in like the start. Like it would be epic as well, doesn't it? Like mm. it's kind of like. Any bad force that's ever been in the world has been trapped in this. We only see like four bad guys, unless unless like they were just holding off and being like, "Well, actually, no, the Grimlock works like this, and there's actually <laughs> some, some more bad guys that we're going to roll out for the sequels." Roll out like Genghis Khan and Hitler and stuff. Exactly. Really that, yeah, that would have like imagine that. That would have been terrible. Well, <laughs> Because one of them that they do wheel out is actually a like a character from history, like uh, the young girl. Um... Oh yeah. So yeah, there is a young girl called, I believe the name maybe Abigail Williams. Okay. Um, who is? actually the first like woman in history or yeah the first, the, the first female in history who was tried in salem for being a witch oh right okay that get, that that explains the sort of you know dodgy get up really so for me like it would have been really cool if they had kind of like played on like mysticism throughout history like i don't know uh, Rasputin could have been a good one to have in there. He was supposed to be like a kind of mystic, scary fucking creature as well. I'm not sure if you've ever seen yeah. photos of uh, Rasputin, despite the fact he does he does look like he could live in East London 
very easily kind of is it like is 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 he a russian wizard or is he a hipster we do not know um but yeah we kind of well, that, that that little girl was only in it for about like five minutes as well well yeah I, I, I... so so many people are, are definitely vitally underused in this like her being one of them like just that character another is the fantastic toby kebble who kind of uh, plays uh, Drake? I believe his name is not not the Drake, not the not the uh, <laughs> left foot slide, right foot do whatever. I'm gonna do a song for TikTok because I'm a sellout. Um, not that Drake. No, I'm talking, of course. Uh, his name is Drake Stone. The kind of Chris. Oh, mate. He's supposed to be like a kind of Chris Angel type, like uh, Las Vegas magician performer right yeah this 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 annoyed me a little bit because i was thinking like oh fuck like uh you know i was talking earlier about how um you know when when americans do like a british accent it's they're like oh it just sounds so overly british and it's it just sounds real real poo basically and it's like all right mate like i thought that was that was an example of that and i was there like that's matey from dead man's shoes like he's actually class uh and he's just british so that was a bit of a fucking kick in the teeth well, yeah, he weirdly like he's been in some fantastic, like fantastic films. I've so not like so much. So you said Dead Man's Shoes. He he plays uh, Rob Gretton in um, Closer. The uh, is it Closer? The Joy Division film. Um, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He plays he plays Joy Division manager. He's also in uh, Guy Ritchie's Rock and Roller. Like he's he's decent really really good and but in this he kind of played like i guess it is the character but like for me straight away i was like he's channeling russell brand yeah absolutely big time russell brand this kind of pompous like god complex like performer who like kind of is is getting by on the skin of their teeth really and it's more pomp and charisma than maybe like actual flair and talent. And but like again, we learn because Horgarth goes to recruit him, like Balthazar has recruited Dave as his apprentice. Thus, the yin. To well, the hang yang. on, wait, wait. He gets the, he, he gets he gets the uh, he gets the advice to regru- recruit um, uh, this uh, this stone character, like from from someone at a takeaway, which is not mentioned again. Like he got, he got, like he sees the guy like flipping burgers, and he's there like, oh, I haven't seen that staff in like ages. Like talking about um, Orgar's staff, and he's there like, yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, I've got this guy for you. It's so, like no, that guy's like, I don't know. You think he'd be a sort of like a guru for the baddies or whatever, but he's just not like spoken about. Yeah, him, yeah, like it's this, it's very weird, isn't it? And considering this, this film does lead for like, it does. Very much in the way of like your pirate, like for me, this is like sub Pirates of the Caribbean kind of like sub like na- like national treasure. Like they wanted, they wanted franchisability, they wanted like longevity. But the world that's created isn't rich enough, and there's not enough like kind of. There is no. Ex- it, it feels like there's no expanse out of the world that you're shown of like a, a larger world of like mysticism and uh, magic. It, it it almost feels quite contained in that the characters we see that are using magic here are the only people on earth that can use magic. Or 
if we fa- if we feel like it, we're just going to introduce someone who like like there was there's there's no explanation for like there is no explanation as to how or who taught like Stone that he like yeah Drake Stone that he had magic or are you like yeah yeah well there's no thingy that you're you're born with it like or like what bloodline he's supposed to be from because we yeah we we learn that um dave's bloodline is that of merlin's but we don't learn about any anyone we don't learn that his bloodline like it would make sense if he was of horgast bloodline but he was put in the grimlock years ago or oh there's no there was no there was no that yeah it was, there was no reveal that he was from that bloodline it's just it just makes no sense to me no, there's no, there's no like, uh, yeah, there's, there's, there's no like parallel which would have really sort of like backed up the yin to the, to the yang, as you were saying. Uh, it's, it's bizarre. Like, yeah, I'm reading my notes here, and like, this film was largely Nicolas Cage's idea to be made. Oh, uh, <laughs> yeah, shock. Well, apparently he wanted to like explore a mystic world with a magical character and like well well they explored uh, a regular world with a magic character so half points there cage yeah that is like that you make you make you make a valid you make a, a very valid point there uh it's just that i don't i I don't, I don't know, because like the kind of thrust of this film, you like, you have this kind of good versus evil stuff going on. That's kind of like we know how this is gonna, we know, we know from the get go how this is gonna wrap up, and we kind of have this B plot of Dave kind of trying to chirps this girl, and like his way to impress a girl is locking them in a cage. Well, uh, yeah, well, uh, yeah, they're locking them in a cage that gets shocked with electricity, whilst it plays like whilst the electricity manages to play um, Stevie Wonder, "Superstition" by Stevie Wonder, and then yeah. I had to Google it. The, the other song is a song by um, One Direction, but it's like the creep, like more than anything, Dave's just a bit of a creep, isn't he? He's a bit of like a yeah, he's a weirdo. He's a bit of like a. A stalkery type, like I, fe- I fancied you since I was ten, <laughs> ten years old. Like <laughs> e- e- even this film, they're like with continuity. You you know you're not enjoying something when you pick up on weird continuity things because it's supposed to be his tenth birthday when he pisses his pants. It's supposed to be his twentieth birthday when they come out of the ashtray, but. One of the first things he says to, uh, I think it is, Balthazar is, like he says about the Grimlock, or, he, he asks him about something, and Dave says, I don't remember, I was nine years old. <laughs> really? Yep. <laughs> Fuck's sake. Smashed out of the park on that one. It's, a, it's I, I don't know, because like, what... When they come out of the, um, well, basically, because he meets he meets the girl, he's sort of like trying to, you know, he's fancied since she was like a child. Um, he meets her at like this like physics lecture because he's like mad into like physics. And then like they walk out like, afterwards and he's sort of like just being like a little bit too familiar, letting her share the umbrella or whatever. And then it seems that like the, uh, they're like satellites broken. So he's like, okay, cool. You know, I'm a physics like 
guy. I'll, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll fix that. He gets it like fixed. And then she's there like, oh, thank you. Like, I don't know what I do about my music. And then like, that's why he plays that like One Direction song in the weird like little. Did I day. say One Direction? I meant One Republic. I, I, I do apologize. Uh, nah. Nah, just nah, just nah, as I mean, bad. <laughs> I can't imagine Harry Styles is going to be complaining too <laughs> much. But like, yes, I, I, I don't know. And she said like, oh, you know, music is like, it's like my one like getaway kind of thing. And he said like, oh, I've never like thought about it like that way. Or like, you know, alludes to like that sort of mentality. And then he said like, I've got that with physics. Like, you know, physics is my one like getaway from reality. And it's like, mate, but like, I get that. Like, it can be a sort of like a thing which you're, you're mad into. But physics is, it's, it's not an escape from reality. It's, <laughs> it is actually reality. <laughs> And like little does he know that he has actually got the biggest escape from reality coming in that like yeah. he's fucking he's a magician. And like <laughs> I don't I don't like I don't know. I just feel like this is like it's quite rushed, like especially in like storytelling wise, like he goes from knowing absolutely fuck all like throughout this to knowing like to being like the biggest, baddest fucking like magician sorcerer that anybody's ever seen like throughout the like we kind of see these scenes of like very again textbook like scenes back back down in the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles lair him and like uh, Balthazar going through these like telling him the the spells and stuff like that and I don't don't know we don't get like I, I think that for this kind of stuff that's why I like the Harry Potters and stuff like that. Is you just get, you kind of get that they, there is a history, like yeah. and, and and this like just kind of kind of tried to dump you all of the history in the first five minutes, and you're supposed to just like absorb it, absorb it, and go, oh, that's fine. Then I'll just go with whatever else is presented to me. Whereas like, I don't know, and like the like. Yeah, I know I keep saying about the thrust of this film, but it's again, it's, I think it's quite lazy in that everybody's motive in this film is for love. Whether it's like the reason Horgarth is bad is he fancied um, Monica Belushi's character, Veronica, and she went with Balthazar instead. And like Dave's more caught up on like, it's, it's it's quite frankly like I don't know I don't know how horny he is but like if I was told by like a wizard like it's like you are a wizard you are a wizard and like th- there's a there is a case of like life and death and like but not like, just your not just your life and death like you know a, a sort of planetary wide life and death yeah and you're going yeah but I really want to get my willy wet. Mm, yeah, not really got your priorities straight, to be it's honest. It's like, come on, Dave, like, pull your wand out your ass and, like, get going. Like, do you sort this out? Like, I, I, like, I'm not sure if you know much about, like, the history of where, like, the Sorcerer's Apprentice, like, comes from. Like, obviously. I'm afraid I know. So it's based on, like, an old, um, I believe he's a German composer, um, is like poem like and then or no it's from like a german poem which then was yeah so a german poem called 
the Zaulum. I fucking well the 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 poet the the poem is by Johann Wolfgang van Gogh, and it's from seventeen ninety seven, which in part inspired the music by Paul Dukas from nineteen eighty seven. Bloody hell! That was then used in the Disney, like changed, like adapted into the music for Fantasia in 1940. The um, like Walt Disney film. I'm not sure if you've ever seen it. Like it's predominantly, well, yeah, like oh god, predominantly like a musical. Like and like one of the sections within that is called the Sorcerer's Apprentice where Mickey Mouse kind of makes mops and, like, stuff like that dance, which we, we, we see in this film, right? Yeah, yeah. That, I think, to me, I think that's a, that's a... I think that's a good sort of full circle little bit there. I, I quite like that. I didn't... I, obviously, I, didn't, I, didn't, I had no clue about that, but that's, uh, that's, that's quite nice. Yeah, fair play. Yeah, so there's, like, that... Um, yeah, that, that scene is, like, a nice, like, throwback to that, and it's, like... I don't know, like, that... That moment, like the tone, the, the that's the thing. The tone of this film's all over the place. Like that, that moment makes it seem like more of a broad comedy than it is because I, it takes itself really fucking seriously. I found like it, yeah, everyone's yeah. like, oh, you are all serious with witches, wizards, serious. Like Nick Cage, like again, I think one of his best moments. Is as Balthazar when he like pretends to be a policeman. Yeah, yeah. Well, so that's just after when um, that uh, the, the, the I can't remember his name, but when they're in Chinatown and they uh, that 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 guy like is basically kicking the fuck off, and he rubs his like he's got a belt on him, <laughs> and uh, and it, and, it, and it's like a dragon belt, and it and it, and it makes this uh, this dragon uh, which is being like walked through this obviously fake dragon being walked through uh, Chinatown come to life um so after that you know they 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 like play off and they're like okay look look up because they speak to other policemen they're they're like look guys it's fine you know these people are mad you know whatever but i was thinking like what if there's not a fake dragon around like what if there's just like i don't know a statue of a goat and he's just rubbing his like his like belt or something would it make that goat become like a mad like fire goat I don't know. I don't like, and I don't know like when Dave's birthday is. Like, do, does it happen to fall on Chinese, Chinese New, New Year? Year, or or is this like kind of a racially insensitive view of like, ah, oh, go yeah yeah. As soon as you go through the arches in Chinatown, it's fucking big paper dragons all over the place, and people. Pete, do you know what I mean? And like fucking chop suey just slobbed at you. Like it's just very bizarre. Like again, a film that involves magic relying way too much on coincidence to like push the narrative forward. Because without that coincidental, it happens to be Chinese New Year, and that being there, we wouldn't have had that scene. We wouldn't have had that massively expensive fucking scene with a massive CGI dragon and hundreds of extras and more confetti than the end of a Coldplay concert. 
There was an awful lot of confetti, and I have seen Coldplay, and yeah, that 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 um, <laughs> that, that 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 adds up. That checks out. Yeah, like I think, like I remember, I was reading earlier, like that took days. That shot, that shot. Yeah, full fucking cleaning up. Like, and it's just it's in. Sane, like, but there are moments in this film. There are like set pieces that are re- really, really good. Like, I thought the car chase, for instance, is like it's quite fun and like there's a real good use of magic in that. Like, they can just ch- yeah. change their car into whatever they another want. Another car, yeah, like another little like. What, what? Sorry, sorry, sorry. One one thing which again, like, sort of like wow me up about like this this a little bit. So he changes the car into a, another car, which is obviously a really, really fast car. This guy's been like in a box for like what, like a, like two thousand years. How does he know what cars like faster? Surely, like by his standards, he's just turned his car into like a really fast like horse or something. Well, I guess, I guess, I guess, like with again, we don't know. We don't know anything about these magic people. <laughs> we don't yeah, know like true. how quickly they ingest like culture do they have the internet in there well and the fact that like they go like balthazar goes on about like being incognito dresses dresses like he's lives hundreds of years ago and has a car that looked like it would be like driven by the luftwaffe like he's kind of got this like not well it's had it's a 1930s uh rolls royce that is actually owned by Nick Cage. That is Nick Cage's Rolls Royce. Of course. Of course it is. Yep. I mean, I, I'm i surprised and I'm even more surprised at why I'm surprised. Yeah, of course. That's so on brand. And I think he just wanted to be like, I'm essentially playing what I've always wanted to be. I'm kind of this like shamanic man anyway. Like, I wish I could have these powers. I do wear like excessive amount of if you see photos of Nicolas Cage in real life, he wears a lot of rings and like kind of does have the look of like a kind of yeah a, a nouveau sh- shaman. Like that's what he calls yeah. his acting style, like a nouveau shamanic like style. And he kind okay. of he looks, he's got that look to him, but like it just felt like this was him just going like oh like like. I don't know. It's, it's, this was just a really fucking expensive cosplay. <laughs> and it's like, I don't, I, don't, I don't think that's enough. I don't like, I don't think that's enough to warrant, like to, to, that, to warrant something that's like enjoyable for other people. And that, that like, for me, it's kind of, it, it's, it's, it's annoyed me about this film in that, like, it could have like, I don't know, make something that like, one isn't a cash in on the kind of like witch and wizard thing that was kind of like going on around the time. And two, don't be self indulgent of like, we want to do like, oh, Nick Cage wants to play a, uh, uh, like a mystic, so we'll do it. No, make something because it's going to be fucking good. And like, especially, I don't know, especially in like the kids, the kind of family film genre, it kind of feels like a bit of a like, a slap in the face almost yeah yeah especially because there has been as we've mentioned there's there's been so much sort of like good um output in that field like you know 
Harry Potters. They were like, well, I, I don't know, even if you don't like them, they're objectively like magical in, in a cinematic sense. This just felt like it's there, like, okay, well, no, you, it's, Nick Cage, it's Nick Cage living his, uh, his, his fantasy wearing a rawhide trench coat. Which is like annoying for me because obviously, like, on the whole, I, I like Nick Cage. I just feel like this film is a misstep in that, like, one, it's, it, it, it isn't a good film, like, and I want to hope that, that it is like a swing and a miss, but like, from like reading, it kind of does seem like more of a vanity project and like being like, how can I have a vanity project and it like be hopefully be profitable? Do you know what I mean? Like, he's, he's yeah, al- sure. He's already working with like a director he's worked with twice before on the uh, National Treasure films. Uh, like so like German it's kind of got that like incestuous like but like uh, mm. ne- ne- yeah nepotism going on and it's a bit like oh I can't like I don't know like through and and I didn't feel like, I didn't feel angry like watching it like I just kind of thought like there, like there were moments was like this is this is perfectly passable and just yeah it was it's good. this is this is perfectly passable for like a uh, you know an afternoon and Channel Five is on the telly. Oh, yeah, per, yeah like a, a Sunday, a Sunday. Hang, hung over on a Sunday. This is on. Yeah. You don't really want to watch it, but if it's on in the background, you're not going to get too pissed off. Yeah, if if like unless I know something's definitely on another channel, mm-hmm. I probably won't skip over for at least twenty minutes. Do you know what I mean? And there is <laughs> there is always something like within twenty minutes, there is something like equally like crazy whether that be like toby kebble's performance or just some kind of like weird like yeah like back to that like chase like i I really like the idea of like the weird mirror world that they kind of i thought that was sweet i think that's the best sort of like concept in the film so when um drake stone sort of meets uh meets dave for the first time with horgarth he he's in the he's in the toilet of that of the the uni after he's walked his uh his 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 the the girl he fancies like to to her yoga class uh and and matey boy um horgarth like sets this thing up like in the mirror makes it go a little bit like wobbly and then, uh, you know, they have a big fight or whatever. Nick Cage comes in, or sorry, Balthazar comes in and then ends up putting him in there. Now, that's that idea is, like, revisited. And, yeah, it's I, I think it's actually pretty sick. So they're driving along. He made, It's called a Hungarian mirror or something, I think. And he, Hopefully and, 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 there's yeah. no, uh, no, like, offence caused to any... Uh, mirrors. Mirrors. <laughs> so he, uh, yeah, they're like I don't know when you go in the in the in this Hungarian mirror. Basically, everything's in reverse, and you just can't get out of the the mirror. And you, it doesn't explain what will happen. But Dave asks, "Are we going to die?" Uh, and he says, "No, not if we get out quick." It doesn't explain why you'll die if you're in this mirror world because it doesn't really seem like there's a time limit on it. <laughs> also, why is why is Dave got his fucking dog in the car? And then where does the dog go? I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't, I, I, remember... I, I, I didn't miss that or anything, but like, I, did, I, I didn't, I didn't miss something like obvious, but like, I thought like there was an opportunity with, with the dog being there in the first place. It's uh, was it 
tank, the little bulldog. Yeah. Like, there's an opportunity for him to like be turned into a uh, a a big big fuck off Brexit bulldog or something. <laughs> and like I don't know. That's that, that's just a, an opportunity missed. And then it's just that. Like, oh yes, yeah, he gets him out of the car at the end uh, when they when whatever happens. And yeah, that's it. Don't really see the dog anymore. I don't think. Well, it's it's just bizarre because old Hoe Garden's like big plan basically is to get more Ghana back from like the Grimlock to open a portal to like just awaken the dead and just destroy the planet and like I always I always kind of like I'm just baffled by this like that as an end goal for anything yeah like I said, I said like even if you've got like loads of like hate like so that that much like like evil I guess you're gonna. I don't know. It's gonna. It's gonna. It's, it's gonna be like chasing the dragon, I suppose. It's like once you fucking like kill everyone, it's like oh, I've actually. You, you've got nothing else left to do once you've like raised the army of the dead. What are you gonna do? You can't kill them. Well, yeah, and it's like who are the who are the like the final two people are, uh, Horgarth and Morgana. That's it. It's like that's that's boring, mate. Do you know what I mean? Like, kind of like yeah. I kind of get Thanos's thing of half. half Half the universe makes sense, but like yeah. we'll get rid of everyone. It would just be two of us left, and like a load of these zombies from the fucking catacombs. No, thank you. And like, yeah, their their like plan for it as well is like, I don't know how they would have done this in the past because their plan relies heavily on making sure that like satellite dishes are all pointing in the same direction so Morgana can raise herself up and just like throw fireballs between the satellite dishes to kind of create like this weird like almost like I don't I, it's not a pentagram it's got like it's very much of that ilk though isn't it like, ooh, mm, like, a bit bit, like it's a bit of a spooky shape spooky shape something like do you know what I mean so you'd find like I don't know a, a Someone who's listening to Marilyn Manson in, at school, probably drawing, scratching into the desk with a compass. Like, yeah, big time, big time. Next to their sort of uh, their their homework diary, Slipknot S. Uh, yeah, and then and then and then and then at lunch breaks, they're reading like I don't know, like a a, a, a witchcraft book, or they're like, oh, I've a Oh, I really like Alistair Crowley. It's like, oh, yeah, all right. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's great. Like, that's great. Like, please, 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 please do not pull the head off that pigeon. Uh, <laughs> and they've got, they, 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 they're, they're sort of, yeah, I don't know. She, she strikes me as a sort of person that if she if she didn't sort of get locked in the Grimlock, she'd own um, one purple hoodie with like a wolf on it or something, or like, or something, or something along them lines. Well, I think we've gone full circle and that she would be the person who would sell you a ring. Like, like, Fuck. it's it's quite weird actually. Like, um, after this record, I I I might take a photo for the listeners and and post it when this episode comes out. But um, I'll show you. Uh, I'm currently like living with my parents, and they have these like, like dragon and like 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 Merlin like little figurines in our bathroom. <laughs> um. Well, they, they were last time I checked. I'll, if if they move, I'll find out where they've gone and I'll take a photo still. But yeah, yeah. I oh maybe oh spooky, spooky stuff. Like maybe, may, may, maybe that's what I don't know. Maybe my son 
could be maybe could, a millennium. Could be yeah, the 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 prime the prime millennial. Um, yeah, very like so. We kind of like go through all these like formulaic things of like I don't know, Hogarden trying to like just steal everyone else's very just very like paint by numbers bad guy shit really isn't it mm-hmm. like and it's like classic like they've got the grimlock oh no they've got the grimlock oh no they've nearly got the grimlock oh no the like the the the, the chips very much stack up against against like the protagonists basically like it, yeah, yeah. it looks like it's sure fired they're fucked and then it kind of i don't know like the the best friend as well massively un, un, underutilized like we see him maybe all of like two scenes i think it actually is it's it, well it's uh it's the initial scene where he's talking about being in the wolf pack and then it's the second scene when he's there like mate i really need you and he's he's sort of like you know chilling out with his his his, his girlfriend or whatever and uh and then, yeah, there's the follow-on scene where I think he might be driving a car or something, but I can't really remember what... He doesn't really have an impact on the last, like, bit. Well, yeah. Again, maybe he's maybe it's looking after the dog. I don't know. <laughs> and, like, their kind of plan, they're like, plan at the end, like, it kind of... You see it coming a mile off. Like, Dave knows all this stuff about Tesla coils. They're doing stuff with regards to satellite dishes and stuff like that. And it's like, oh, of course, like, that's going to play a massive part in it. And it, it, it yeah. does, right? He, I like, I don't know. Yeah. Like, how, like, you, you take the lead on this, this kind of end battle. I just kind of find it quite so, underwhelming. So, fucking, uh, what's her name? Uh, What's oh. the what's the evil lady's name called Morgana? Yeah, she's sort of like fr- like you know headbanging in the middle of this park, uh, and uh, Horgarth is he's sort of keeping an eye out for Cage. Cage gets a little bit closer to him, or, 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 or and then and then I, I I can't really remember what happens with that. It seems a bit null. There's a bull. There's a they, they turn this massive like metal bull alive to chase Dave when he gets near, uh, and fucking. Yeah, I don't know what really happens to that bull. Like, does that disappear, or does it turn back into like stone or something, or is it? No, the bull is carried away by uh, the of massive, course. the massive like iron eagle. eagle. Like, like, like those videos you see on the internet of like a goat getting pulled off a cliff by an eagle. It's <laughs> just like that. And it kind of like, it, yeah, it all it like Morgana gets destroyed because Dave is that. Yeah, it's the pre millennial, and he's just like. He, He's got it like he he he's all of a sudden it's like under pressure he is a diamond in that like he well, is just shit hot and manages Well he he he, he brings out that, that that great line. So after because he, he gets uh, he gets his, his girlfriend to uh to sort of like kick one of the satellites so it just yes. goes all skew whiff and then then it then they can't raise the dead from like, you know everywhere in the world it <laughs> seems. Uh so like what's that happen? She's there, like, oh my god, like what's happening? He's there, like, I'll add some science to your magic or something like real, re- a really bad line, worse than that somehow. But yeah, really, really underwhelming. Oh yeah, and he like just electrocutes her, and then she just like disintegrates into dust. Like again, ho- like Horgas ending is just like 
really bad in that like you don't see what happens to him he's off screen and like the the moment i saw that i was like they're gunning they're gunning for a sequel they are 100 percent gunning for a sequel yeah yeah and it's just time, like no no no, mm. no 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 like if if that was the case they should have like really slowed down the pace and created like a nice believable interesting world like and given some sort of like digestible character development instead of that like okay so this happened with like wizards thousands of years ago yeah. then there's this massive like really rushed montage and now they're playing some like 2000 pop punk <laughs> so like yeah like um balthazar nearly dies because dave is like the fucking shit hot apparently wizard that he is all of a sudden he brings him back to life and everyone gets what they want basically like they they, they get the girls that 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 again is like the thrust of what everyone wants in this and it's just a bit like oh like do you know what i mean like can people actually do stuff for the good of other people like Balthazar, stop thinking with your little floppy wand between your leg. And Dave, you should stop doing it as well, you dirty little prick. Like, it's just, I just, like, come on. Like, and it's like, that's it, really. That, that, that's the film. Like, they kind of, yeah. apart from, did you see, did you see there was a post credits scene? Oh, I didn't. No, I, I waited a little bit into the credits and then I thought that there's probably not going to. Because it looked like the Disney Plus uh, stream was ending too too soon, so obviously they they had a sequel intended. What 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 was it? So again, like again, like if it was just this, it would have been quite nice. Because first of all, you see the um the hat that Mickey Mouse wears in Fantasia in like a under like a uh, bell jar, like in an office, huh. and you're like, oh, that's pretty cool, and then. The camera, the camera pans across, and we see Horgarth's hat that Dave had found in the park on the table, and then we see what can only be described as the very distinct silhouette of Horgarth coming past and taking his hat, and then bang, cut to black. So wait, wait, wait. So, so, so Dave, Dave, Dave took the hat. Dave, Dave took Hogarth's hat. No, I think, and then... I think he just discards it. I think he. Just... Okay, okay. I don't know who who took that. After after spending this much time and this much effort to sort of you know you know stop evil kicking off anywhere and everywhere, you'd make sure that like the guy who was a massive catalyst for this was was done. Oh, definitely. But that's what makes this film just like stink of like, like we we want a sequel and it's like you don't you don't just get a sequel like because you want it like you have to earn it and by doing that you make a decent film that's like engaging and like creating a world that people want to like want to go back to like again it's very loosely it's very loosely based on a song from a mu like a musical that Disney had like. 80 years ago yeah and then on top of that like it's kind of like rushed it's yeah i feel like i'm just repeating myself but i can't i, can't, I just can't i just can't like explain enough how kind of like it's just quite underwhelming for like what can be quite like a joyous and fun like genre like I, i'm very much into like 
what would be considered family films a lot of the time. Like. Mate, they're amazing. They're, 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 they're great. They're like, they're, I mean, they are literally enjoyable for all the family. Like, if you leave all your pretense at the door, it's they're like, yeah, they're, they're great. They're well, great fun. Well, even looking at like, the same team, we, we look at like the Nicolas Cage, John Turtletaub, like, team up. Like, it's, it, it, it works. Like the, is it? Have they have they only done National Treasures together? Yeah, but both of those uh, they're great. Yeah, they're wicked because they set up a, a world that is like believable, and I don't mean just because this is like uh, magic that it's, it's unbelievable, but like it's not convincing. Yeah, it's not a convincing world. Like obviously, the stuff that happens in National Treasure is still like out of this world in a way and that like it's not that 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 wouldn't that wouldn't like that's not going to happen but you can like it's enjoyable enough and the kind of thrust of the story is like like believe, believable enough yeah and the, the world it's got it's it's it's, it's got substance and, and it's and it's engaging and it's got charm it's got charm this yeah. this kind of like lacked charm and it was like well you say it lacked charm but there is a there is a there is a, a uh, i wrote down a quote from when uh uh balthazar first meets dave and he's like telling him all about um Horgarth and stuff and he says uh don't like be careful or it'll turn you into a pig who just loves physics if that's not charming i really don't know what is <laughs> I guess that is, that is the Sorcerer's Apprentice, but like, um, I yeah, I got a few questions to ask you before we wrap wrap this show up because it's uh, it's getting late and it's really fucking hot. It's really hot today. Have you like? Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm sweating. I I open, I open my window earlier, but then because uh, I've recently moved into a place where there's a um, there's a takeaway just below, which is still uh, still open. And uh, they play reggae really, really loud like, all the time. <laughs> and I, when, when I first moved in, I was like, oh, this is this is quite charming. This is quite nice. But now I'm there, like, going to sleep, just singing, like, oh, oh, oh. And uh, that's getting a bit old. And I didn't really want that, anyone else to experience that against so, their will. So, yeah, before, before before we wrap this up, um, I have I have a scale in which I judge Nicolas Cage films normally. If all the answers, if, like, uh, all the answers favor more towards yes tends to be but uh, uh, a good film it, 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 yeah it's kind of it's my personal scale and i'm kind of like uh for those of you at home who don't know like uh I, I will be releasing the the data i'm collecting at some point in some weird way uh but question number one right. is does nick cage have bad hair does he have bad hair uh yes uh, absolutely well, is it out of 10 no 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 just, just uh, yes or no like straight up yes well, or no well 10 <laughs> yes yes he does he, he does he's got very bad hair he's got i can't really think of a nicholas cage film off the, of you you might be able to but i can't really think of a nicholas cage film where he's got worse hair uh yes i can next okay next is the one that uh spawned that very famous photo that kind of circulated the internet for years of Nicolas Cage with like an eagle on his head. Um, okay. The the hair like the hair piece is out of this world. It's it's it's. Is it? 
it's perfectly cheap and nasty and like looks all kind of bad and yeah it's probably the worst hair I've I think seen. I think I think I think his hair in, in in this one just sort of like annoys me <laughs> so much just because it, it because it looks it looks so like realistically bad like it looks I I I don't know yeah. it's yeah it, yeah and then my se- my second question of this is always does Nick Cage have a, a mental voice is he like is the only thing mad with his voice like as you know vampires kiss like that is very bad. That is a cage. Like, where's that come from? Deadfall again, a film where it's like, where's he from? Um, yeah, I, I don't think he's got a particularly mad voice. He sounds a little bit sort of um, predatory in parts, but other than that, <laughs> like, no, nah, no, no mad, no, no mad voice from me there. And the third and final question that is always a like kind of something a lot of Nick Cage fans look for, especially since he's become the kind of meme phenomenon that he is, is do we get a Nicolas Cage freakout in this film? A Nicolas Cage freakout. I'm trying to think of... Um, you can't really class sort of spawning confetti out of your hands as, as a freakout. No. Uh, you can't really class driving a car that was probably leased by Marilyn Manson as a freak. I don't think you can get no, I don't think that you can you can pull a freak out of this film. He seems pretty he seems pretty one dimensional all the way through. Um there's 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 no sort of uh peaks or troughs in his uh in in in, in his output. Well like since I've been like using this scale and it's something at some point I will like revisit his earlier films and test them by this scale is it tends to be that if the first answer is yes, so, like, does he have bad hair? It's normally bad hair, like, no crazy, like, no no crazy, for, no, well, no, it kind it tends to be that the last two, if one of those is yes, we've got a good, we've got, like, a goodie on our hands, do you know what I mean? We've got something, we, we've got something, we've, we've got, like, a bit of meat, like, whether that might be, like, a Mandy freakout, like that is like it's got the mother, like a mother of all like Nick Cage freakouts, like. But his voice is fine, and his hair is fine. Um, but there's other films like, like Vampires Kiss, like as much as again, it's it's kind of joked about and stuff like that. Freakouts, left, right, and center in that film. All the time, more freakouts than not. Mad voice. Very, very I, mad voice. Sometimes mid freak out. I would say, like, a highly enjoyable film. Like, I think it like swung for like, it, that's a film that feels like it swung and missed. Basically, it wasn't setting out to like, I don't know. It kind of it wanted to do something, but didn't. It did it. Yeah, it's kind of like an Icarus. It flew. It it just kind of didn't get where it wanted to go. But like, yeah, yeah. Whereas, like, the films that seem to be, like, the most, like, I don't know, like, ones I tend to not enjoy are the ones that, like, just seem a bit lacklustre and just, like, Nick Cage is phoning it in. I'd very much say, considering, like, reading the background that this was his idea and, like, um, just kind of he's got that affinity for the kind of mystic world, 
that like he didn't give it a bit more oomph. Oomph. Yeah. I mean, I mean, to be honest, if 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 you didn't tell me that uh, that he was the one who sort of um, it was his idea and he put like loads of money into it, I would have put money I did on. Say, I did say he put he money into it. <laughs> Oh, so sorry, sorry. Okay, well, I, I, I think he, I think he might have been one of the producers, maybe. But yeah, I don't know. If, 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 if I didn't think that this was his idea, I would have definitely thought he did this for a, for a fat wedge, and that's the only reason. <laughs> <laughs> um, great. So that is the Sorcerer's Apprentice. Um, Max, before, before I let you go. Do you have anything you want to like shout out to the uh, uh, like listeners? Do you want to plug anything, whether that be uh, your yeah, the, the new the new record label you're, you're you're running or any anything like that? Well, I'm um, yeah, I'm putting out uh, put, putting out a couple couple cassettes. Uh, it's called Ugly Twin Records. It's at Ugly Twin Rex R E C S on. Uh, Twitter and Adam, who's in one of the bands, Dribbler, who uh, who, who I'm putting out there. Um, he he's sorting out the Instagram for it at the same handle. Uh, what else am I doing? Um, I'm going to be going on one daily exercise every day. So if anyone wants to join me for that, that'll be uh, that'll be that'll be quite good as long as you stay two meters apart. Other than that, you know, see you online, guys. See you on the URL before I see you in the IRL. So there you have it, guys. Another one bites the dust. Sorcerer's Apprentice was a bit of a stinker. So to wrap things up with the Anagram Hunters Anagram, there are nicer prospects in watching the Sorcerer's Apprentice. Uh, there's many. There's probably uh, Percy Jackson and the Lightning Thief, the Vampire's Assistant, or any of the Harry Potter films. Uh, you'd get a much more of a magical and fantastic ride than this. I just think... I don't know. It's a bit of a swing and a miss with this one. And it had all the potential to be great, but didn't quite cut the mustard. So, as always, you can keep up to date with what the Caged-In Podcast is doing on Twitter, Facebook, at Pod. You can go on Patreon as well. I have a Patreon account. There's many different rewards from small things like joining the cotton club the caged in based um chat group where we can discuss ideas and things that you want to kind of see on the episodes or any of the interviews i'm doing if you have any cool leads or suggestions of who i could speak to you can always catch me on there um and there's far more crazy things so on some of the higher tiers you can get yourself a t-shirt you can um i think for something ridiculous i will come to your house and record an episode I, I, I will fly to wherever you are in the world but you gotta, gotta give me a lot of money for that one and i think it's something like 70 dollars or 70 pounds i will call you up and read the declaration of independence to you so if that's something that feels like oh what is my life missing is a stupid englishman reading me the Declaration of Independence, then go on over to Patreon and sign on up.
Join me next week as I talk to my good old friend Joe Gardner of the Tonight With podcast, where we will be discussing something that seems like there's a bit of a theme of what's going on in Nick Cage's career at this moment, because we'll be talking about season of The Witch, and this is a bit of a packed lineup. So we have Cage, Rob Sheehan, Ron Perlman, and the great Stephen Graham in what looks like a medieval witchcraft epic. I look forward to speaking to you then. I've been Pitcher Pat Silvers. I've been caged in. You guys have been fantastic. Keep caged in at home. We're all caged in at the moment. Stay safe. I love you. Bye-bye. This podcast is presented by the Breadcrumbs Collective, home of the Pod Charles Cinecast, Caged In Coppola Connections, A Drip Town Limery, Maine, Franchised, and many more to come. Our shows are all presented ad-free and made possible by listeners like you. Please support our shows by subscribing, leaving ratings and reviews, and becoming patrons at patreon.com. If you'd like to learn more about Breadcrumbs, head over to breadcrumbscollective.com. Breadcrumbs. It's more than a podcast network. It's family.